Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the Katie Lewis Studio Podcast. This is a podcast where we feature uplifting stories from others. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Sarah Steele. You want to say hi? Hey there. Um, Sarah and I first met and became friends about, what, like five years ago? Yeah. Out in the Ohio. Uh, our husbands had just started their first year of optometry school at Ohio State, and we both had young kids, and um, there were a group of four of us girls whose husbands were all in optometry school together, and we would get together all the time, so we all got to be really good friends that way. Um, Sarah, do you want to give us just a quick little maybe bio on, on you and your family? Oh, sure. Um, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, um, and like you said, I um, was, we just moved back to Kentucky, actually, after four years in Columbus, Ohio, um, while my husband Andrew finished optometry school, and um, we have three boys, Asher just turned six, Preston is three, and Rhett is four months, um, so yeah, we're acclimating to to lots of testosterone. <laughs> Okay, and then um, maybe tell us, so you got your undergrad where? So I, I attended Western Kentucky University. That's where I met my husband. Mm -hmm. And um, graduated in 2008. Then we got married a month later. And then as my husband, my plan had always been to go on. I really wanted to teach college. That was my ultimate goal. Um, so my husband, though, was still in the process of, you know, he served a two-year mission um, in Brazil, um, an LDS mission, and, and so he was still finishing up his prereqs for professional school when we got married. So because we didn't know quite where we would be yet, um, I got a job and was working and didn't go straight into school. And um, then we had our son a year and a half later. It was something I wanted to do to go back to school, but it was kind of uh, a deferred dream for a while. Um, and then my husband was in optometry school for a year and a half, and then we took a big <laughs> a big plunge, and I went back to school um, to get my master's. Okay, um, and let me stop you there for a minute, because I feel like that maybe doesn't quite do it justice to say, <laughs> to give to give everyone an indication of, like, how crazy life was at that point. Because you, you make it sound like, Oh, no big deal. But, like, I mean, how old were, were your boys at that point? Um, so, Asher, when I started the program, Asher was three and Preston was six months. Okay. Um, yeah, and, Asher just turned three. And the boys were – and our husbands were in their second year of school, right, of optometry right. school? Yeah, it was the second half of their second year. And, and you know, I mean, it, school is really stressful. I think, gosh, any, any program like that, my husband. <laughs> well, and that you year was. When he got shingles? Yes, that year was Just specifically was stressful. So because their first year was basically almost killed them all. And right. then, but the whole time everyone kept telling them, like, oh, don't worry, second year is a breeze compared to first year. Like, it'll be okay. And then they had been on semesters the first year. Or no, they had been on uh, quarters, the right? Quarter system. They'd right? been on a quarter system the first year, and then for their second year, the, that whole college shifted and said, no, we're going to do semesters. And so they crammed, like, way more into courses than, like, they were supposed to. And so everyone was, like, way more stressed than they even had been for first year. Like, that was that, – I'm remembering this right, correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. It was, it was a lot. And it was so bad at one point that your husband, Andrew, got shingles, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, he was so yeah, stressed that actually, he literally got shingles. Yeah, he was immunocompromised. I think that, like, even in class, they were going over it, and, and <laughs> one of the professors was like, yeah, only, like, really old people or immunocompromised <laughs> people get it. And it was. It was just the stress of it all. He looked so pitiful, but it was just a really difficult time. And, and you know, I think it's hard, too, when you've got little kids at home. Most of their classmates at least could go home and have quiet. Yeah, yeah, because um, most of their classmates yeah, were, like, single girls, <laughs> you know. I think so. But, okay, yeah, so, so, like, Andrew has shingles. They're in, like, probably what was what ended up being the year, worst year of optometry school for them. 
and you have a what like a three-year-old and a six-month-old at home and then this was the point when you decided now is the time for my master's so you know what i really didn't we it's something that we had always talked about we andrew always knew that it was my dream you know when my my kids grew up and went off to school you know what i would like to do is to teach school Mm -hmm. um in in a university setting that was my original dream so he always knew that and he always had a lot of faith in you know my ability to do that and and he wanted that for me so at the time you know i have these little kids that was not on my mind andrew was in school and it was hard and we were poor and you know kids keep you busy but they nap and they go to bed you know and then you have these extra hours to fill you know and so um well and it's not like you can spend them with your husband anyway because he's busy studying no he's like sequestered away i remember like (laughs) he would be up in the office and asher would want to play with him and i'd like hum the cats in the cradle that song (laughs) (laughs) child that had a father that never played with him anyway it was just a joke (laughs) but it was it was one of those hard times where you you know you can't do and be yeah the, the kind of parent you want to be yeah yeah you know, life calls so anyway it was actually so it really was not on my mind at that point it was kind of just like oh this is something I want to do I'm not really able to right now so it was just deferred I wasn't really thinking about that at the time but Andrew and listen this isn't like him to do anything without talking to me <laughs> first but there was a day that he was riding on the bus to school you know he took public transportation down to the campus and and that was the time that he used to read his scriptures just from his phone. Um, so he's reading scriptures, and he had this impression, this thought that didn't feel like his own at all, that I needed to go back to school. That um, you needed to go back to school, not I him. I needed to go back yeah. to school, which is weird because I don't know why he'd, like, want to wish that. You know, it, truly, like, that's a lot of stress and time and trouble. Yeah. And um, so anyway, but it was – so he actually and, – and, and to his credit, he didn't – hesitate he he went online and started filling out interest forms (laughs) which i should probably have been like irked by that move but um i got calls from people later that day i don't know that i would have moved on it did he so did he tell you that he filled those out before you started getting calls well he didn't really have a chance he was on (laughs) school did it and then later in the day i was getting these calls it was like yeah i am interested in that no i didn't it, we so at the end of the day, I wasn't like I was like, well, so and so called. Do you know anything about this? It was kind of, it was okay. It, it especially when I knew that it was an impression that he had, and it wasn't like tried to do something sneaky behind my back that I wouldn't like. Yeah, because it wasn't um, like he was trying to control you or like make you do something. <laughs> no, it was just. Right. I mean, I imagine it also would have had to feel a little bit like, oh, my husband, my husband believes in me. Like, that's really it was sweet. sweet. <laughs> and I was just surprised, and I didn't. I didn't write it completely off. It was just kind of like, well, um, I'm not sure I can do this at all right now. You know, I've got these little kids. I just had, you know, our second baby, and these are little kids. Yeah. And my husband's in school. We we don't have any money. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not quite sure if this is for me right now. Um. So yeah, that was my initial like. Eh yeah, this is something I'm interested in. Like, this is, yeah, I guess I would be a fit for that program, like, based on, you know, what my undergrad was. And anyway. and w- tell us again, what was your undergrad in? So I studied corporate and organizational communication, um, which is good. And I, I love, I'm, I really, truly am passionate about the field, like, this this study of, of what can help you so much in both your personal and professional life and something that's fundamental that we all actually need quite a bit of help with. But in order to do what I wanted to do long-term, I needed more education. Mm -hmm. Um, That major wouldn't quite get me the job that I want um, or that a job that could support a family if anything happened to Andrew. Yeah, that's Um, smart. So anyway, um, I needed in the system to, to have a higher degree. So, yeah. Anyway, I, and it was, I didn't really want, like, I wasn't gung-ho about it at all initially. At all. I'll be honest. I kind of went through the motions, like, I went ahead and, and without studying, like, took the GMAT, um, but did, did did well and, and went ahead and applied and just kind of, like, step by step. And I was obviously really prayerful, but I didn't feel this 
flood of like you need to do this yesterday <laughs> like hop on it I didn't yeah. I really didn't feel that way it was it was more of just like yes this is something you can do which bothered me to be honest with you mm-hmm. I, you know I, I, I believe that we can all receive revelation for ourselves we're all entitled to that yeah um, and I, I like my revelation <laughs> like super clear <laughs> like, like like preferably with me, fireworks a little bit maybe amen. Yeah, yeah send okay me a vision in the night so i know exactly what i'm supposed to do and how i'm supposed to do it but i think most of us know it doesn't work that way sometimes yeah. which is frustrating <laughs> but yeah. you know and you know like i so i kept moving forward knowing that, okay this is something i can do this is something that i know i want to do long term this isn't something i welcomed because of how hard i knew it would be yeah um I'm always, I hear people say that they like to be challenged. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, really? Ooh, like, that's, I, I like things really easy. That's a flaw of mine, I guess. I really like. I don't think you're alone in that. Sailing. I think. Really? Good. Uh, well, I'm with you. Do a puzzle, like, make sure it's not more than 100 pieces. Like, it just frustrates me. Anyway, it's hard. I don't welcome challenges. I'm not righteous enough to pray for trials. <laughs> um, seriously. When I, like, see a problem in myself, I'm like, listen, Heavenly Father, like, let me work this out on my own. <laughs> um, but this, this is something that I elected to do. So I knew also that if I was going to do this, I had to prioritize my life in accordance with what I know Heavenly Father, you know, wants me to do, if that and, makes sense. As a, and, as yeah, tell us what you mean by that. I mean, so, you know, my first call, my my major role, especially this time in life, you know, I've got these little kids and I'm a wife, and those, to me, are, are what are most important um, in terms of what my roles are. So I wanted to... If, if I was going to take on this extra stuff, I had to do it um, and keep it in the right, um, I don't know. Like do it in such just, a way that you could still be a mom and a wife first. Right. I okay. didn't feel like Heavenly Father could bless me unless I lived the right way. And, yeah. and part yeah, that of that is sense. not neglecting my family. <laughs> yeah. Which, that was a real struggle, you know. So, so I, that's the thing is, like, that was my big question. I honestly thought that I would get a no. Don't do this. Like, this is going to make you a worse version of yourself. Yeah. You're going to be stressed out and tired. Um, like, you know, you need to just focus on this, on your, your, your kids and your husband entirely. Which, you know, is a noble thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I kept going back to, you know, these hours in the day that I had, um, this the nap times and and the bedtimes where my husband wasn't available anyway yeah so it wasn't like we could sit around and netflix i think a lot of people you know we all choose how we magnify our talents i think that we are supposed to be different we all have a unique set of of gifts and um and opportunities and challenges even that make us who we are and it's it's up to us. It's a very proactive process becoming, you know, who we should be, you know, knowing who Heavenly Father wants us to be within his plan. Um, so in, in this choice, like in this, like, okay, am I going to go back to school and get my master's? If, if, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it really carefully. I have to be judicious with my time. And anyway, I don't think, I don't know. I did question it quite a bit. I mean, quite a bit I almost wanted to get a no so I didn't have to do it <laughs> because I'm so lazy and seriously like like let me take some easy road it wasn't easy it was really hard like at least from my own experience anytime I've ever tried to do being a mom and a wife plus something else even if it's a really good something else it's so hard to for me personally I know it's so hard to to balance those priorities and make sure I'm not leaning too far towards like the something else, which oftentimes maybe feels more like immediately gratifying in some ways. Like mm-hmm. it's much easier to be like, Oh, I got a paycheck or, Oh, I got a good grade on this paper. <laughs> I feel validated as a person versus right. like I cleaned up, spit up again <laughs> and nobody like no yeah. trophy, yeah. you know, the yogurt's not on the floor anymore. But yeah. What else have I? I mean, you want to accomplish you know, I, I think that being a wife and being a mother is so noble and so important. Yeah. And that can't be understated. It really can't. But at the end of the day, I felt like I had more to give. I wanted to contribute more. I wanted to be qualified to do more and, and, and to even earn for our family. And I, I was really 
you know, mindful of why am I wanting to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you have to be cognizant of your motivation for anything that you do. And I was like, okay, am I taking cues from the world? Like, am I worried about about education more than I should be? Like, education's a good thing. It really is. But I don't think that, that well, everything needs to... Maybe let's pause for just a minute here and say, like, in, in our personal current situations, you and I have husbands who earn enough to support, like, who have the opportunity to support our families so that we have the opportunity to then stay home. And that's obviously not the case for everybody. Right. You know, like, I mean, I have a sister who supports her family, and that, I just admire her for that, you know. Right. So it's not that, it's not that you or I are saying, like, oh... Like women can never work or like it's it's nothing like that. But but I think what you're getting at and what you've said is that it's about it's about looking inwardly and knowing what your gifts are and what your what your current role is in your family. Right. And how to magnify that. Absolutely. You're like the parable of the talents. I always think of that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the master gives one servant five, one servant two, one servant one. (laughs) We had a we had an illustrated version of the the New Testament as children, <laughs> and the artist rendering of the servant with one talent was so pitiful. This guy just like looked like such a like a dumpy loser, and that's who I actually identify with. I feel like okay, I don't have a million talents. I really, truly don't. But i i can I can develop them. I don't I don't want to be the person who buries them, who doesn't grow and progress. I think that that spiritual growth isn't passive it has to be a choice and we have to move forward um and so i think that there are a million ways that we can develop our talents well most of which i'll add like don't include higher education you know there's there's so many things that we can do it's but it's our choice yeah and let me just stop here and say to for those who don't know you are an extremely talented person but but you like you and i love to joke about you know, when we were talking about the other day, you, you brought up, and I actually really admire this about you, that, you know, when, when we first met, I was, like, super into sewing and, like, being really crafty, and there were a lot of, like, a lot of us were sort of in that phase where it was, like, let's make everything, and, like, you are not that person. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you are certainly a talented crafter when you want to be, but like, that is not your first choice of activities, but you yeah, are extremely I'm... talented in like so many other ways. And maybe like, maybe just talk about sort of that experience and, and your right. own no. personal talents. <laughs> yeah. I think that sometimes, and especially as a younger person, I would look around and see the ways that other people were talented in you know Mm -hmm. people can do so many amazing things and sometimes we look around and see other people's gifts and we forget to notice our own you know we forget that we have any at all and I think that it you know I I won't lie I would go to these craft nights and walk (laughs) away like like (laughs) well I still can't sew and this still doesn't make my heart sing like yeah there may not be any place for me in Zion (laughs) because (laughs) I don't know how to make a cute wreath but there are other things that I've been given and that's okay. Like, sometimes I feel like awkward or prideful when I try to reflect on, okay, what has Heavenly Father given me that is special and that can be used to build his kingdom? Um, and I think that's an important question for everybody to ask themselves and yes. then, and then build on it. You know, no, I'm, I'm not going to like <laughs> submit anything to better homes and gardens <laughs> anytime soon. And that's Okay. You know, like, I think that it's good to applaud, and I'm not minimizing those people that are gifted in that way. I'm not at all. I think it's it's so beautiful to see people grow into the seeds that have been planted, you know, within them. Um, I think it's it's amazing, and I think it's good to encourage others and and point out the gifts that other people have. Um, But don't feel like less when you don't have that gift. And because you are really good at pointing out those gifts in others, but I think what you said is true that, you know, that sometimes it feels prideful or self-centered to try and stop and just personally think about your own gifts. But I, I don't think it's prideful. I think it's just really a humbling experience to think about that and to consider Heavenly Father's blessed me with these gifts. Like this, this is me. This is what I bring to the table. And like, how am I going to make the world a better place with that? How am I going to 
mm-hmm. bless my family and my friends and and I think that if everybody was talented in the same ways like we would have a really boring <laughs> a world and like a lot of things not getting done you know it's, it's true no it's true something that has always really touched me this little snippet from my um from my patriarchal blessing um it it says you know you have within your being those virtues that your heavenly father and mother taught you in the pre-existence and then it goes on and it lists these things and i think we each have within our being these virtues that we have been taught that we are supposed to develop and i think and you know i think something that compounds the issue of of not growing is is our world where we see so much of what others want to share with us and it's easy to look from side to side yeah. instead of you know kind of looking inward and upward in in your own journey you know and, and respecting yes. your own path i think that can can be difficult to kind of filter out you know well what is this person doing like am i supposed to be doing that I don't know if that makes sense. It totally does. And and can we just say here, too, that I think some gifts manifest themselves in, like, Instagram and Pinterest-friendly forms, and some don't, and it doesn't matter which is which. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know <laughs> I what I mean? that's a great point. Truly. <laughs> like, I've been blessed with so many friends who are just, like, amazing listeners and really good givers, and that is not really, like, something that you're, like, going to Instagram about. You know? Like... Mm-hmm. No, it's true. Amen to that. Tell us, you know, you sort of stopped and reflected on the gifts that you personally feel like you have. And how does that translate into, okay, I'm going to go forward with this master's? It's a good question. So I had this opportunity at this point in my life. I had a, you know, a husband that was really supportive of this. And I had this, this opportunity manifest itself you know, this something that I, I knew that I could build on, on things I already had. And, and this dream that I had, quite frankly, this mm-hmm. this was a dream of mine. And I think it's okay to dream and it's okay to go for things. Um, you know, I think inspiration is key and we need to be guided by the Holy Ghost always um, to know what paths we should take. Because, you know, we'll all have opportunities that present themselves, you know, some that we should take, some we probably shouldn't. Yeah. Anyway, so this was mine. This was something that I prayed really hard about and felt like, yes, this is something you can do. And so I think that (laughs) I remember being like, this isn't like I don't 100% want to do this. I'm going to do this. (laughs) But there's part of me that is just terrified that doesn't want to do this, that that really doesn't relish the idea of spending money (laughs) taking out loans and and passing on fun things with friends because you have to stay home and write papers. Yeah. But I knew that life was only going to get busier. And if this is mm-hmm. a dream that I had, this was the time to do it now. And I think that most of our regrets in life are from things that we didn't do. I know a lot. I hear like the slogan, no regrets a lot. Truly, life builds. Life gets busier and busier and more full. Yes. And if this was something that I was going to do, it needed to happen then. So I think that that was what the driving force was behind me, pulling the trigger and actually going through with it and enrolling. Um, Which is hard to yeah, do when you have little easier. kids at home. But that was, I think, personally, I think that was really wise on your part to, to account for that. Right, right, yeah. Life never seems easy, but I think that you can, yeah, think ahead and know that these kids are going to grow up. Hopefully our family is going to grow. And just like reading people's Christmas letters that have more than four children <laughs> stresses me out. So anyway, with that in mind, I, I thought that was the time to do it if I was going to do it. And that wasn't even the hard part. <laughs> yeah. The hard part was like the two and a half years that followed. Uh, but yeah. I don't regret doing it. I definitely don't. I have, yeah, I think it was the right thing to do in the right time. Okay, so tell us sort of what happened between making the decision to start your master's program and then actually, like, you were into coursework. Um, so I, I moved forward with all the, the, the prereqs and stuff, and was, it was kind of funny how sometimes you just, like, take one step at a time in a certain direction. 
And it was, it was kind of like, okay, I'm taking the test. I'm going to pay this fee. Are we going to pay this fee? Okay, we're going to pay this fee. (laughs) (laughs) And, and okay, like, okay, I'm enrolled in this class. And the first class that, you know, these, these initial courses are often designed to weed people out (laughs) that aren't really right for the program. And I just remember crying (laughs) and I'm not an excessively emotional (laughs) person. I'm really, I'm really not. (laughs) However, it was so hard. It was so hard and such a balancing act. And I felt like just, I just was so scared that I was doing the wrong thing still, even though I had been prayerful about this and felt like I had my answer and, and okay to go forward with this. I still was so strapped to try to keep priorities in line and to make everything work. Um, and so, yeah, the work itself was really hard. I had like full on panic attacks from time to time (laughs) as I went through that program. It was really, it was really difficult, but you know, it it was manageable and, and Andrew was a lot of help. I think that's good to hear because a lot of times we hear stories about like, oh, I prayed about it and I just felt great and I moved forward and like, it just all worked out. And, like, in general, that's what happened for you. But, like, in the moment, in reality, it was, like, a lot of times you were still, like, wait, are we still doing this? Like, is this really right? Like, and I think that's maybe more the experience that most of us have in life is that, like, um, should I pray about this again? Because this is still hard. Right. I know. And I, I think it is, it's hard to keep that faith and to remember your answers. And because things get hard. I told you, like, I don't love challenging myself (laughs) like give me a smooth ride because yeah it it hurts and you are growing and it is good for you but not everything is good in the moment even things that can work for your good at the time can be super difficult and just (laughs) break you almost and it takes fully relying on heavenly father i think truly like it yes like it, it showed me okay you're, you can do this you can do this you're strong enough to get this, through this but honestly it, it also showed me my limitations which are many <laughs> I <think laughs> and and i truly was like okay i cannot do this <laughs> i really need help with this um and it all worked out and and it's nice to talk about now without being in the thick of it. Um, but I needed help from my husband. I needed help from the Lord. It was hard. I don't, and, and I'm sure some people have like just breezed through a master's program. Like, it's no big deal. And this was even, you know, my my discipline. You know, this is my, my field of study that I'm comfortable with and, and love. But it was still a lot of work and a lot of late nights. Very late night. And next days where you feel like, yeah, yeah. bleary-eyed. And anyway, it was – so, yeah, I, I, I think that's – in those moments, it's hard not to question, okay, like, what am I doing? Am I – is this okay? <laughs> if, if this if I'm not doing the right thing, Heavenly Father isn't going to bless me if I'm not – but anyway, I, I think that it's important to remember that he is there to help us accomplish the things that, that he's – he's told us to do or told us that we can do even because again like not everything's this is good this is bad this is right this is wrong and that's what's so tricky that it almost makes me mad (laughs) to bring (laughs) things to heavenly father that aren't cut and dry that really are like well it's up to you you know it's not like i'm like heavenly father like should i volunteer in a nursing home or like start selling drugs to children it's 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 a harder question than that you know what I mean yeah yeah it's you know like this is a good this is good it's also good to do this like you can choose it's up to us you know how we develop and grow and build upon the things that he's he's given us and and so yeah it was just a matter of staying faithful to to inspiration I'd received and and doing my best and and when there was slack to pick up I had a supportive husband, and, and goodness sakes, like, I, I really relied on the Lord during those years, like, whew, so much, which was a really good, a good experience for me, because easy, easy things don't ever prompt growth. Yes, so true. So, I think that this is maybe, you know, with you saying that you were relying on the Lord a lot more, and also that you had just learned so much from that, and and what you said about choosing between good and good versus like choosing between good and bad, because I think that we face those decisions a lot in life. 
I think that all of that is a good segue into talking about Italy. Oh, about your Italy, Italy. trip. Oh, Italy. <laughs> so, so maybe, okay, so you're into your program, and then just give us a recap about, like, what this Italy trip is and what the decision was that you faced with it. Okay, so I had the opportunity. It was, and this is another dream of mine. I had always wanted to go to Italy, and I had this, this, um, this opportunity to study abroad in Italy with this program. It knocked out a whole semester's worth of coursework in two and a half weeks, and there were just so, so many good things about the program. Um, and truly, I wanted to go. It also got me out of, like, actually going to Washington where my university is anyway as I had to do a residency course anyway there, there were a lot of reasons I wanted to go but it was two and a half weeks away from my family which is a long time when you have kids um, yeah. and it happened to be over um, a summer um, where my husband had half day rotations most of his days were half days so we had a lot of time off and we had moms um, both my mom and his mom were, were willing to come up and help out with the boys but still I had you know Asher was four and Preston was two almost two at the time and I had just horrible guilt at the thought yeah. of leaving my kids I don't know you remember the like Maisie Bird character from Horton hatches the egg or she just like leaves her nest <laughs> I felt like Maisie Bird as I like contemplated this it was a big decision so like I really I fasted and prayed I mean hard like really hard it wasn't something I took lightly which maybe maybe I overthought it but I I, I felt like it was a big decision um, and there were so many good things about going and so many bad things, too, because <laughs> it would be really, really difficult to be away from my family. And I worried about traumatizing my kids and da, da 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 So I fasted and I prayed. And at the end of my fast, I remember kneeling and praying, like, okay, Heavenly Father, this is something I'd really like to do. And phrasing it that way, like, please, like, can I do this? And I remember feeling so warm, this flood of warmth. I was like, yes, you can do this, but... <laughs> <laughs> it will be hard either way. I remember that distinct, mm. like those words. It will, it will be hard either way. And at the time, I was like, well, duh. Yeah, 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 I know. It's going <laughs> to be hard to leave my family. You know, I'm going to miss them. And it's going to be hard if I don't go because I'll always be sad or wonder. You know, it'll be hard either way. I know it, but I was excited to go. So it was a lot of preparation, obviously. And I, I was... I was excited about it, but also just, yeah, I had to, like, really try not to feel super guilty about the whole thing. Um, but I, I was I was so thrilled at the opportunity. And, you know, Andrew's, Andrew actually had a couple sisters at the time that were due right at the end of, of my trip with, with new babies. So um, we had this very, <laughs> very, um, it was a delicate setup with the child care plans the um you know who was going to go where when it was just fine-tuned so anyway I I went I I flew to Italy in June of 2014 and I remember you know like feeling all these things and like missing my kids but being so excited and and as I'm like landing I'm coming down I landed in the Bologna airport which is a lot less expensive than Florence was, but a lot more Italian. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot less English happening there. We were we were students, so we we're trying to do everything um, as cheaply as possible. Okay, and so let's let's pause here. Plan, Let me ask you this: sure. were, were you flying by yourself, or were you flying with yes. like the group of yeah. students? No, I was alone. Okay, so you were completely America. alone on that flight. Yes, and we, yes, okay. I was alone on the flight. We all made our own travel arrangements. We were going to meet up in Florence that evening. Um, so, again, I was trying to do everything as cheaply as possible. So we didn't get a cell phone plan, like an international plan or phone. We were just going to like, FaceTime when I could find Wi-Fi. And we didn't um, – I went ahead and called my bank ahead of time twice just to make sure that they didn't freeze anything, that they knew, okay, I'm traveling abroad. You're always supposed to do that so that they don't freeze your account. Um, and it was like the exchange to exchange, like, dollars to euros was – pricey over here more so than it would be there anyway we looked into all this stuff so I landed and I I remember like descending from the clouds and seeing the landscape of Italy and feeling this like oh like this is my <laughs> dream that this is happening it looked it seriously it was just so beautiful it looked like a picture that would be like on an olive garden 
menu of like Tuscany. <laughs> like it was just beautiful, and I felt the most like just it was just thrilling. Um, so I landed. And, like, ten minutes later, the contrast of what I felt with, <laughs> with that moment was stunning. Um, I tried to get money out. I had my cards with me. I tried to withdraw money, and it wouldn't work. And I didn't know why my my debit card wouldn't withdraw funds. And, again, everybody's speaking Italian, and which they should. We were in Italy, <laughs> but I, my, I, had, I knew very little Italian. And... Um, I was kind of panicked that I didn't know the language and I didn't have any money and I needed to get on a bus to go to Florence that evening to, to meet my group. So I was feeling like pretty scared and I turned on my phone, which I you know knew was going to cost me a lot of money to call home. And I started getting these messages and I, I, I got a message. I remember the first one I read was from my sister letting me know that my grandmother had passed away that morning, like right as I was, you know, landing overseas my grandmother had passed away and just feeling so heartbroken in that moment knowing I'm not there's just no way I I can even get back for the funeral so you know I was I was super sad about that and very panicked and I had no money and and I look out the window I see the bus that I was supposed to take drive by the clear glass doors of the airport and I just I honestly, I don't think that it took a person of faith to even pray at that point. I am sure that <laughs> any atheist would pray when you have no other option. But I remember kneeling on the floor of that airport and and praying for help and feeling peace, like true peace, that everything would be okay. And I remember even in that moment where I was, I was just so sad and panicked and scared and and. And I felt guilty too, like, oh, well, this is obviously not the right thing. This is, I'm, I've made a huge mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and questioning that that decision to be there in the first place, but knowing in that moment, okay, I know what this is. This is this is a this is a trial. It's going to be okay. This is why we're here, you know, to be tested. And anyway, I think recognizing in the moment that it was a hard thing, but that it was going to be okay, and relying on the Savior and the atonement, even in that that moment of crisis and seriously gosh it was just a cocktail of of negative emotions but that was all just alleviated so quickly um I got things worked out it was okay everything worked out it was fine I I got to Florence and and we we went along and then the next week Mm -hmm. my grandfather passed away on the other side of my family and again, it was another, like, what? Like, how? how is this possible? Like, I left Italy, <laughs> or I left America with three, and now I'm, like, down to, to one surviving grandparent. And of all the times for this to happen, like, you know, that was my temptation, or would be. Because, you know, I've, you know I'm kind of like a spiritual toddler, you know, in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, we, we get upset when, like, I, this, this, isn't, this isn't what I want. <laughs> and it's tempting to kick and scream and... And be like, Heavenly Father, you knew I was going to do this. You told me it was okay. Why, yeah. why of, of all the times for this to happen, and, and I, you know, I've missed my grandmother's funeral at this point, and it looks like I'm going to miss, you know, this was a Saturday before I was going to come home the following Thursday that my grandfather passed away in Oklahoma, and I was going to be landing in Columbus, and it was just this, I don't even know how I can get home. I'm going to miss both of my grandparents' funerals. And because of that, that threw child care <laughs> um, way off. Because my mom was now, you know, her father just passed away and couldn't come and stay. And I felt so guilty and bad. And yet, you know, getting this news, I remember being in this, like, this really old um, school building in Italy. And going and kneeling (laughs) on the floor, like, in a a dirty, (laughs) like, bathroom stall covered in graffiti that I didn't understand <laughs> and and in this in this dirty place kneeling and praying and peace just again flooding my soul and even that that spot somehow became like hallowed ground to me because I just mm, knew yeah. it was all going to be okay um and and feeling peace in in my savior and and strength that wasn't my own of getting through something and listen I I know that I'm making the whole trip sound bad. It wasn't. It was incredible. And again, get 
I, I can see why it was okay for me to go, why it was a good thing for so many reasons. It was a time of growth on a lot of different fronts. Um, but <laughs> that answer had new meaning. Like yeah. When I thought of myself in Italy, like it wasn't like eating pasta drenched in my own tears. Like it, it was, <laughs> it, it was a lot different than I, I thought it would be. But it was so wonderful, um, but so hard. And sometimes, the the best experiences in life are like so hard, but so good. And a time where you truly rely on your savior. Um, so I'm I'm really grateful that I went, even though it was it was less than ideal. You know missing those times and those opportunities to gather as a family. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was, it was definitely one of those times, you know, you know, you've got to move forward and remember the answers that you've been given and, and act in faith. And even when things don't go perfectly, you don't question answers that you've been given. I don't know. I think it sounds easy to just, or maybe oversimplified just to, to rely on the Lord, to rely on the Lord. But it's such it's such a hard thing to do to truly be submissive, you know, like a little child, and 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 submitting to anything that he sees fit to to put us through. It's it's going to be for our good. Well, and I think too, going to Italy was like a once in a lifetime trip for a lot of us. Like that's that's a really big deal, and it's for you. I mean, I've heard you talk several times about that poignant moment of being there and having all those things happen. And, you know, I think we have just those little, like, split-second sometimes experiences in our lives that we look back to throughout our lives and say, you know what, like, this was a moment of trial and panic, and Heavenly Father was there. And so he'll be, he'll be there for me again now, you know. And I think that when we're home safe in bed, we maybe don't recognize that. And sometimes it takes those really just hard moments to bring that out in ourselves and to really recognize how much the Lord is there for us. It's true. It's true. Feeling his love, it's something that we have to open our hearts to. And in your right, to remember those times when we have felt, like truly felt the love um, of a father in heaven. I think it's something to hold on to. And I'm grateful that, you know, that even though it was a difficult thing to, to be afforded that opportunity and not to forget how powerful that is and that it's available to us always. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe let's, let's wrap up a little bit by take us from, you come home from Italy. What, what else was left between Italy and finally graduating for you? Oh, um, I mean a lot. (laughs) I, it, it, I got a lot done as far as like program completion in Italy. And I was also able to get a scholarship, which helped, you know, on the financial end, I, I was grateful for, for extra help in doing the things that Heavenly Father, you know, has told me that I can do. I don't know if that even makes sense. No, but... it does. Yeah. Well, and I think so... that when Heavenly Father tells us we can do something, he, you know, he does provide that help, whether it's like Nephi building a boat or you trying to make ends meet, you know, and do the things that he wants you to do. I think that's, that's one of his promises to us that he always helps us do the things he wants us to do. It's true. And, and I think that that's something to remember. It's so hard to remember that sometimes. Though, Katie. Yo, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you go, go through it. Like that was a real struggle for me to remember, Hey, he's going to help you do this. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, again, like, the spiritual toddler that I am, like just kicking and screaming. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. This isn't this. Am I doing the wrong thing? Like this, I don't want to be, you know, like a worse version of myself. I don't want to be stressed out. I like just feeling, just being peaceful and, you know, knowing, okay, this is a hard thing. You can do it. You're going to need help. Um, rely on that, you know, be submissive and stop, you know, questioning, everything (laughs) well and and i think when you say be submissive you're not talking about being passive it's talking about being like letting the lord lead you to do the things that he knows you can do yes that's such a an important distinction i think yeah um yeah because you are moving forward all this time you know faith it's a principle of action and 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 then power follows that action yes and um 
I think that as we move forward in faith, that we are given that power and, and that strength to, to overcome things or to do things that we didn't think we could. Because let me tell you, <laughs> there have been so many moments in my life where I just didn't think I could do something, something that was good, mm-hmm. that I felt like I should be doing. It just seemed too hard. But but in relying, in being submissive to, okay, this is this is part of this journey. It's okay that this is hard. It's okay that you're confused. Like, you know enough to move forward, like, one foot in front of the other. Like, just go forward and and abide in the spirit all along. <laughs> that's that's the trick for me. It is. You know, I I've, I've, may have told you before. Like, I feel like my natural personality is, like, offensive to the spirit. And it's hard to, like, not be obnoxious. <laughs> it's not and true, but that's funny. You, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a challenge for me every day to to have that presence with me continuously to to live in such a way you know when you were talking about the very beginning of this process when you were like I don't know I don't really think this is not that you didn't think it was going to happen but but that you I mean you said you were taking one step at a time like okay I'll go take the test that I need to take I'll take this this class I need to take I'll fill out this form I think you know at that point like you had said you were very much like this is in your hands, Heavenly Father. Like, if you want this to work, like, you make it work because, right. like... Yeah. And, and you're and, almost surprised as it does. Yeah, and then I think, you know, because I'll, I'll, I've had this happen in my own life that I've had that sort of attitude about things. And then as soon as I start to try and take control of that and say, well, this is how I want this to work if this is going to happen, that's, like, that's when it starts getting harder than it needs to be sometimes because... Yeah. You know, because then you start trying to control everything. And, and I think, you know, we're supposed to do our part, but but that there is always a lot more peace in trying to do things Heavenly Father's way. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you don't question it. I don't yeah. know why. I'm just stupid. And that's the thing. Is sometimes no. I think I'm in control of something, but I'm really not. And that doesn't mean, like, well, I'm, I'm not even a free agent. I just, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. if the things happen to me, like, I'm acted upon. I'm not acting. No, we, we, we do act. But I think as we act, we know that that ultimately th- this isn't up to us. You know, we we go through doors as as they are opened. You know, we move towards them, and that's not to say like, well, just open the doors and push me through it, Heavenly Father. No, like we ha- we have to move. Um, well, but we have and to be seeking. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think you know, sort of what you're getting at too is that there's a difference between acting in faith versus acting in fear and worry about what's going to happen it's true oh man it's so true and i never felt those things simultaneously i think president monson's pointed that out that mm-hmm. i can't you know faith and fear they don't exist simultaneously in a person like one overcomes the other and those times where i was overcome by fear and let me tell you in that bologna airport i was terrified and i didn't feel the spirit until i knelt on that dirty floor <laughs> and prayed and and felt that peace and that comfort and that faith and hope that okay this is going to be okay i know what this is you know like bad things happen to us all the time and knowing that okay like it's not enough to just get through a bad time like that doesn't bring about growth no it's enduring things well and learning not to to complain and whine and kick and scream when things are hard and that's okay that that doesn't wipe out negative emotion that doesn't mean that we never feel sad you better believe I felt sad while I was in Italy and gosh I'm always like can you imagine what these people in my program must have thought (laughs) like I don't know how I ever made a friend seriously like like my family members were dropping like flies back in the states and I I wanted to keep it together and to learn all I could and to glean everything positive from the experience I could but that doesn't mean that it wasn't hard. It means that I had to truly lean on Heavenly Father for support in a difficult time and, and to not be resentful that bad things were happening. That was key. I remember you saying to me when we had discussed this before that, that it was really, tell, you know, tell me if I'm saying this right or repeating this right. But you had basically said that before, anytime something bad had happened in life, it was sort of this, like, why me? Like, why did this happen? And that then when you were there in Italy and this had happened, you had already been sort of prepared for, like, you can go, but it's going to be hard. And then when, when the hard things started to come, that that you weren't asking why me, but that you accepted it as Heavenly Father's plan. Is that 
yes, just like you said, it was something that I felt spiritually prepared for at that point in time. I think that I had enough oil in my lamp at that point that drop by drop as I had been going through these difficult things and been studying and praying and leaning on the Lord. Um, and I, I think that I had grown enough to deal with that in a more spiritually adult way <laughs> and, and to understand, okay, like this is part of this mortality. These things are supposed to happen. It really is okay. Like I know that this is difficult, but this is all going to be worked out like that. And you know, like these babies were coming and I didn't know what was going to happen with my kids. And, and I don't know if you remember, but my husband was actually flying to Philadelphia at the end of my trip. Our trips overlapped. So he wasn't able to be with my oh, kids at the that. end. And, yeah, right. So, so there's all this chaos happening. I mean, big time chaos. And I was out of the country and and it really was beyond my control. So it was a good exercise in in, in trust. Okay, so uh so our husband's graduated. And then you still had a little bit left of your masters to finish, right? Right. Yeah, you know, I I didn't I thought that we were going to end our school at the same time we like the, the, from the beginning of my program the way I calculated things um I would wrap up my thesis work at the same time Andrew um and Brian graduated school yeah so um but it turned out and I and other things were playing in my life like you know we we we, we had a pregnancy that was you know we're gonna have a baby right after we graduated um we we lost that baby and we, um, my program wasn't offered when I needed to be this, this thesis course, this capstone that I needed to take wasn't offered until the fall. And we moved to a new place. And, um, anyway, it was not my time frame. Like I honestly truly thought that everything was so perfect the way it was going. Okay. We're both done. Then we had this baby and then we move and it was just going to line up so well, but it turned out quite a bit differently. I actually had to take a break because of just because of when they offered things, through school, I had to take a break from, you know, the middle of the spring semester until the fall. So we, so we, we lost the baby that we were going to, um, I mean, if it, if it's okay for me to share this, when you say you lost that baby, like that wasn't even, I mean, I don't know if you can even say that there is such a thing as a normal miscarriage because it's always heartbreaking, but, but in your case, that was a molar pregnancy, which is scary. Right, yeah, and we couldn't get, we, were, we weren't supposed to have, you know, we weren't supposed to have children for a long time afterwards because of abnormal tissue that can develop, and you had to get these blood tests every week, mm -hmm. and da 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 Anyway, so it was all this this new stuff to think about um, and deal with while I was in school, and anyway, it was, you know, that was, it, that was definitely a trial, and again, like, I don't think that I felt that 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 like true depression like that that was mm -hmm. really difficult um because and again it was my whole timeline my whole like oh this is perfect yeah this is going to be done at this point and, and it was all shot so quickly um when okay like I can't like school is going to, to stretch on even longer we're not going to have the child like when we thought we would like we, we actually aren't going to be able to plan our family the way we thought we would you know there's this yeah. big gap now and um, and these things and, and, you know, feeling really sad about that. But again, like peace, I actually just read this journal entry last or yesterday. I was writing in my journal and read back to that, you know, that day that we found out mm -hmm. and, and I can just tell such a difference in like, I, I had peace even, even when I was really, really sad. Um, and I wrote about you coming and visiting me, by the way, oh. um, coming and, and all the kindness that was shown and, and how uplifting an experience it turned out to be, even though it was just crippling, you know, at first. Well, and um, if I can say this too, I mean, I've experienced a miscarriage before and mine wasn't anywhere near as scary as yours was. And I remember going to visit you. You were not the little ball of depression that I was when I had miscarried. And I think that, I think that the, you know, like you had said, the experiences that you had had, I think prepared you spiritually to be more submissive and accepting of the Lord's will in your life and to, to, you know, to not be able, not expect to be able to control everything. Like I was maybe feeling right. when I had had yeah. mine, you know? Right. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's so funny to to talk about it that way. Like, it's not that you don't care. It's not that it's not hard. Oh no! But yeah. your ability to your ability your capacity does increase to handle these things, and it's the atonement as you rely on that that very real power in your life as you allow that to carry you through these things. You you are able to rise and not shrink when difficult things happen. It's it's incredible power beyond your own to see that and to feel that in your life it's it, truly like it's it's the the most empowering <laughs> feeling knowing that this is this is not too big for the atonement like this is really hard and i am like i am at the just completely heartbroken right now and and feeling like i i can't do anything but lay in bed right now we can get through anything he's felt everything that we felt and and knowing that and 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 seeing all the tender mercies along the way, all the people that were so kind that didn't even know, like all these things. I, yeah. I'm glad that I recorded it because I didn't tell people. Like the next day, yeah, no, after, people you know, didn't it was know. Twelve weeks, and they didn't know. But I like the next day after we found out, I went to mutual. Like kind of, kind of reluctantly, I went to mutual and. And our, um, our young women's president wasn't there. And I remember I'm just calling to check in with her after the night and just checking in to see, you know, how she's feeling. She hadn't been feeling well. And she was, I remember, she's like, Sarah, I'll just tell you, like, I actually, you know, I miscarried this week. And uh, this is the day after, you know, we'd found out. And mm-hmm. and I, my heart was broken for her. But how, how, like, to be able to talk to somebody that was going through the same thing that we were going through was so comforting yeah um and it was such a blessing even though it was so hard it was such a gift to to be able to comfort one another and she was so she showed me so much kindness and and we were able to offer each other understanding you know if nothing else like we, we knew what the other was going through um so anyway it, it was it was a time that I'm really grateful for which sounds really weird but I'm so thankful to know that and it's given me so much more empathy um, for other people, um, that I've, I've met since. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, that's, listen, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm never going to pray for trials, but the ones <laughs> that I've, that I've encountered, I am thankful for. Like I seriously, anytime I notice like, okay, this is a rough edge. Like this is a, a flaw of mine. Like heavenly father, I see it. Like, don't send me anything to fix it. Like, let, <laughs> let me, let me do this alone. My timeline was quite different than I thought it was going to be. And my program stretched all the way to the end of the year. And we actually did conceive and, and had a baby in October of this past year. October is when Rhett was born. Mm-hmm. Um, which Sweet baby you know, I had peace about. I know. That sweet boy. I, I, he wasn't supposed to come when he did. Like, Yeah, the, the doctor, doctors were very like, upset with you. Right. I get that it I get, – I guess it's risky. <laughs> and I'm not – like a, a patient that's non-compliant typically I'm really not but this happened and I was grateful and I felt peace about it so I wasn't worked up even though I knew like that there was like a medical rule being broken there <laughs> um but yes he was born in October I started my my thesis work which again it helped that I felt like what I was studying and doing was really meaningful and important and so I I did as much as I could in that break which again even though I had this break from March to October to September that I was upset about initially because mm-hmm. I wanted to get this over with. And then I had this, this break and yeah. Oh my goodness, between a move, you know, we moved, we, we bought our first house and we moved and I had this summer with my kids where I, and I, and I also was working part time, um, for a while I had the opportunity yeah. to, to earn extra money, which was great. But that ended during this, this point in time, you know, between May and September, I had this opportunity, this golden time where I wasn't working, I wasn't in school, and I was just in, you know, just with my little kids over the yeah. summer before my, our oldest went to kindergarten, and it was a beautiful, sweet, special time that I'm so thankful for, um, you know, before our baby came, and, and the baby came, again, that's another thing that I was just so nervous about, the timing of having a baby in the middle of like the pinnacle of my program, this is, you know, everything that I'd learned, I'd like come to this point and it was the hardest hurdle 
you know, I, I don't know, that first class was pretty tough. But this, this thesis work was, you know, like everything that I'd learned, like was going into this and, and all this like stuff that I wasn't super comfortable with, you know, I, I don't know how to do quantitative analysis and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how to do that stuff. I needed a lot of help. And there were a lot of answered prayers along the way for sure. Um, but anyway, it, honestly, now that it's done, looking back just from now, I, you know, had this, this new baby, but like things were broken up in just the right way and he slept just the right amount uh-huh. that I was able to do these things and, and to feel like once again, like heavenly father is going to help me down this path that I've chosen, but with his guidance. Yeah. And I think that's a really <laughs> good way to put it because I think that's how we end up making a lot of important decisions in our lives that, that something doesn't usually come and hit us over the head that, that we say, I want to do this. Is that okay? <laughs> and then we sort of try know, and go like from there, you know. In the night, truly. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> and I've stopped wanting revelation in that way. That's another thing. And like over the past few years, like from then to now, like I, I, I realize that it's one step at a time. Yes, I prefer to have my whole path lit up from start to finish, <laughs> and have it be completely clear all the time. Well, and with, like, lots of signs and guidance along the way and, like, yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. Like, seriously, I'm I'm somebody that's, like, like, okay, this sounds so dumb, but I'm, like, give me the gift of prophecy. Like, let me have a vision. (laughs) I want an angel. Like, I seriously, I know people, (laughs) like, have have dreams and have, like, very, very overt signs in their lives. And I think that that's the exception, unfortunately. Yeah. Still, like, waiting for an angel to tell me exactly (laughs) what I need to do when. Um, But you know what? Some things are really up to us. Like, and and we don't need Heavenly Father to tell us exactly what to do. And I think he gives us, you know, our agency, our, our choices that we make, like some things it's okay either way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that Heavenly Father really cares what, you know, every little decision along the way, some things, not that he doesn't love me and, and care about what I'm doing, but some things aren't right or wrong, black and white. Like it's like, yes, yes. And yes, if you want to do that, you know, you can do that. That's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I think within the framework of, of, you know, he's revealed what he wants us to do, like what should come first in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what's most important. We need to keep those things first. But in the extra hours, with the extra effort that we have left over, um, you know, we have choices. You know, what are we going to do with that the extra time and, and the extra strength that we have left in us? At the end of the day, like, I think that the choice is ours, how we want to grow and develop and and I think that you know as we pray to know you know what we should develop um I think that he will give us opportunities to to reach out I think it's it's beautiful to see the ways that we can bless others with the gifts that he's given us you know I think all of us whether we're at it right now or have been or will be you know we all come to these crossroads situations in our lives and Maybe just tell us what advice you think you would give to someone trying to make some of these decisions, especially decisions between good and good. Oh, um, I think, I think the most important thing, like the best place to start is alone on your knees and to be very humble in approaching the Lord and asking him to show you how he sees you. He knows what he wants you to become, and and he knows your potential. I, I think that it's important that we we ask Heavenly Father to show us our, our potential, to, to have our gifts be manifest to us. When you're facing a decision, I think it's okay to know, I'm not going to get a lightning rod on this one. You know, like I'm going to have a, a sweet peace about something. And I think all of this is contingent upon us living our lives in a way that we qualify for that guidance. We can't expect to be flooded with, with light and truth if, if we're not living our lives, you know, in accordance with, with the principles of the gospel. You know, if we're not patterning or attempting at least to, to pattern our lives after the Savior, I don't think that we can be blessed with the clarity that it requires us, the, the clarity that moving forward and achieving our potential requires. So, and I think, so yeah. And I think even if we're not living our lives in, in accordance, I think your answer still applies. I think we still start, start on our knees asking for that help and that guidance. 
For sure. Yeah, no, that's definitely the best place to start. And I think it helps, too, when it's out loud. I don't know if that's, <laughs> like, a, a dumb thing to say, but when I'm actually, like, vocally speaking to my father, it's a totally different experience than if I just kind of, like, pray in my mind. Maybe it's because I just am easily distracted, but when I'm, like, completely alone, just and and with with a soft heart you know that i've kind of made tender beforehand and and just humbly a- approaching the throne of god i truly feel that guidance and that love that you need to feel to know that hey this is important you are important the role that you have to play here is unique and you know heavenly father has made us different from anyone else and and not not only our gifts and our talents and our opportunities but our challenges again like nobody else this is a singular thing that we've got going so when we when we are on our knees and receptive that's when answers come one way or the other you know even if it's you can do either of those things both things are good like do do what you feel good about do what gets you closer to your dream to 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 you fulfilling who you're meant to become while you're here hope that answers your question yeah that's perfect Sarah, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your experiences and your testimony. We, I just, I really appreciate it. And I know that your advice is going to hit home for a lot of people. So thank you. Thanks so much for letting me chat. I appreciate it. It's been fun. All right. Hey, thanks, Kate. You have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Katie Lewis Studio Podcast. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Katie Lewis Studio or email me directly at katielewisstudio at gmail.com. This podcast is not for profit and is always produced free of charge. I'm Katie Lewis and I've been your host. Big thanks to my husband, Brian Lewis, for editing this episode. Hope you have a great day. Okay, Katie Lewis signing out. Doot doot. I don't even know what that just was. <laughs>